Hey everyone, this is Christy, Soul Magazine's assistant editor, and welcome to episode 56 of In the Spray Room, our podcast where we talk to some of the best and brightest artists working on the streets today. For our daily online content, check us out on soulmagny.com, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at soulmag. And In the Spray Room can be found on all major podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and through Amazon Alexa. Today's crew consists of myself, Bike Girl. Hello. And Brooklyn's own, Big Ronnie. Hello, everybody. Before we introduce today's special guest, Big Ronnie, tell us what's going on. Well, what's going on is for a podcast metrics with Fireside, Christy. Take a guess who our top two are. I know you might know one, but I don't think you know the second one. Who's our top two that we've recorded with? We full full I length. I heard Mad... Was it Mad? Mad Villain. Mad Villain, yep. villain yeah. Number one, who's number two? A recent interview. Antenna. Antenna, Antenna. believe it or not. Those are our top two. So either we're driving more eyeballs to our recent stuff, or those two guys are blowing up, or a combination of the three, which is like six times awesome, I guess. It's three times two and a bunch of numbers. And Or they come from very large families with lots of grandmothers, aunts, and uncles (laughs) who adore everything. Well, it's also also a regional thing. One is from New Orleans, and one is from, uh, uh, where is Mad Valen from? No, originally. Philippines, originally. Yes, yes, I believe so. <laughs> so uh, we're excited about the podcast. We're excited about being on a lot of platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, Tidal, everything else. So wherever you consume your podcast, give us a listen, send it to your friends, uh, tell us why we stink, tell us who we should cover, give us a little bit of feedback, and thank you. So let's bring our guest in today, uh, Paid. What's up, champ? What's going on? How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you for having me. No, this is a revisit from a moniker podcast interview where you sat down with Sinclair the Vandal and Myra. Myra, yes. Now, that was tough. Those were short interviews and there were three of you, so I think yeah. you got about 11 words in. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get much. I think a lot of it at the end was um, some kid was sitting at the table and there was questions about him getting into the whole, like, street art graph thing so the kid is the kid is the kid. yay he, yeah. one of our uh, junior members took up some of your time yeah a little bit <laughs> so it's so, okay it's all you good you know what you should never go on stage with kids or dogs right? yeah right <laughs> kids and dogs steal your steal your shine every time so we're glad we're glad to have you back out here and i didn't realize at the time that we are essentially neighbors we live about 20 blocks from each other yeah i walked over well most people don't, and they come from all over to Bay Ridge. We're trying to put Bay Ridge on the map with street art and art and I think Caves already did that a long time ago. Well, we're, we're trying to help him do what he's doing, and uh, he's a sponsor of the podcast, and we're talking about doing some fun things with him. Good. And uh, I don't think it's a secret that he's going to you know really try to build an art community around that, that beautiful location that he's got there. Yeah, actually, this is a little tidbit... Uh, we were, I was over at his place last week with a, a couple of heads. We got together, and before everybody got there, um, we came up with an idea. He has an old sign that is kind of blank. The whole top portion of it is blank, but the bottom has the Brooklyn Fireflies hand-painted on there. And when the weather cools down just a little bit, we're going to put the sign outside on the side of the building, lean it up, and I'm going to do a live painting there. Love it. And, you know, probably have some of my artwork. I already have some artwork in there, but stuff that's going to be for sale. 
All right, so, so that's uh, that's a good segue. Let's get into your art, your work, your style. You aren't a graffiti writer. You aren't a sign painter. You aren't a no. Text. I actually you're, am. You're I, all I am, of those things. I'm, I'm all of them. I started off as a graffiti writer in probably like '84 is when I started train bombing. Uh, a little earlier than that, you know, tags on paper and kind of practicing before I started bombing. Uh, sign painting, I got into. In it was around ninety ninety one, uh, but in between that, I was like a nightclub DJ, so I kind of had all three of these things in my you know mid to late teens, early twenties. DJ, so and were you DJ paid or DJ you... paid? Yeah, I, I, I so I started off. My first graffiti tag was actually it was Spec S P E C, which was maybe a couple of months. Then I started writing Ski S K E E. And I just got tired of, I guess, the way the letters looked. And I just, I actually sat on my bed and I took out a paper and a marker and I was doing, I was going through the alphabet and I liked the way P-A-D-E looked. So I actually did one night of train bombing writing that only to realize that there was already paid RTW which was a famous writer, just didn't think of it as I was doing it. So immediately changed it to PAID and... Never looked back. Never looked back. Now, so how did it evolve into the butcher six ninety nine a pound for flank steak style that we see exhibited oh, in galleries today? Oh, it takes you right back today. to the 60s right. grocery store. Right. Right. So, so exactly for what me, it is I'm doing for now? Me it was the butcher on, on New Utrecht Avenue and 59th Street that it was exact, the white and then the big pop yeah. of color and oh then just gosh. Yeah. But it hits big, that childhood thing that makes us all go, ooh. All right, ooh. so I, I wound up getting an apprenticeship around ninety ninety one in a sign shop. And that's really where I learned how to hold a brush and it was back then there were no computers to do anything Mm -hmm. everything across the board was hand painted so i learned how to do it there and worked for a couple of other shops and then i actually wound up opening up my own place in sheep's head bay and that's where i really started to develop my own style Mm -hmm. because a lot of sign painters will learn but they kind of because they learn from whoever it is is teaching them they take on that person's style I initially did, but I just I kind of went my own direction and created my own my own look. How is your style different? Uh, it's just well, you see the way my stuff is. It's just it, not that mm-hmm. it flows more because really good sign painters' this stuff flows. I think mine just feels very bouncy mm-hmm. and just loose. And although I could do the hard straight, right. you know, lettering, and and there are times. When I I would do that yeah. now for the stuff the paintings that I'm doing now I'm trying to keep it more loose and it's casual and all that which is really what I got known for maybe and you rounder use a lot. it's not, not yeah. so yeah. sharp like, right right yeah well I mean if if like I was to paint I actually just did a commission job a couple of weeks ago where the guy requested that the top line of lettering be very solid block mm-hmm. letters and then something casual mm-hmm. underneath. So, so like the year um, that you put on is a little bit more blocked. And yeah, more because that, that's... The edges. So like, when... Depending right, on the number, I guess, maybe like one... The whole one. premise to the way paper signs is supposed to look, it's supposed to be something when somebody's walking by or driving by a store back mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. 
you would look at it really quickly, and one, two, three, you know, Catch chicken cutlets, two ninety nine a pound. <laughs> Product Got and it. price. Yeah. Right. I used to get people all the time that would place orders for signs, and they'd give me, like, the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Nobody's stopping like on the street to look and read all that. Yeah. You want it quick. So, yep. And even now when I do a lot of commission work, I have to explain to people that these look better mm-hmm. the more simple they are. Mm-hmm. Now, ladies, we've talked with artists. Solis was one of them. I think Antenna talked about why he didn't like putting text in their work was because they wanted it to be visible like this. Said Sola said, I don't want someone to have to stop and look at my piece and read it. Actually, I'm doing a commission piece for him. Next. I love him. We, we, yeah. He and I run into each other the weirdest place. I got in an Uber, shared Uber, and it was and Solis was in it once. I saw his stuff ago. online, and I liked it. But when I saw his stuff in person... It's a completely different kind of painting. It really takes on, like, the colors pop. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. So, but you're saying it's okay to have words and text. It just you can't have much. Well. You can't write a book. For the stuff that I do, it just, it feels better and translates better when it's kept simple. Well, and your stuff does translate into pop, into pop art. It oh, yeah, really absolutely. It does because, and yeah. it's the pop. Yeah. I mean, it literally pops. The other thing I notice is, unlike traditional sign work, you use a lot of very bright, striking colors. Yeah, for for the paper sign looking ones, yeah, most of them are. There are some instances where I won't. Like I did uh, a small little series of things that were Run DMC related. So because their colors are black, white, and red, I kept things just those. So yeah, right. I, I gave DMC a canvas the other night, white background. Black lettering, red number. So, so it's just pop. It's all yeah. pop. Yeah, yeah. Now is. I like the one that I saw uh, at Moniker. It said I think it was Saturday Night Fever, nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice one. I love it. Thank you. What it, what what was that up for price wise? Uh, it was up there for seven. Um, that's not the real price. That's really what I, I was told to kind of inflate prices because I need to be on par with everything else there that's overpriced. Plus, you have to cover the commission so, so you get something back yeah, out for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, I mean, it's kind of... I think it's known in the art world when you put something in a gallery, you're going to lose 50% of it and it's kind of the cost of doing business. They absolutely have overhead and you know, and, and I get that completely. That's a New York thing, by yeah. the way. The rest of the country doesn't do the 50. Really? I didn't know that. Santa Fe, one of the largest small art markets in the entire country is 70, 30, 80, 20. Oh, that's actually good to know. Maybe I should <laughs> do a little down south stuff. <laughs> I, I do enough side commission work that you know, I'm, I'm fine with the split to build my brand you know, and get now, it out let's there. Let's talk about some of those side gigs. Now, just some that I you know, walk around and see is Scrapyard and Coney Island. Yeah. You're, you're, you got some yeah. fun so pieces. When I had my sign shop in Sheepshead Bay... Um, through a mutual friend, I met Mark, who owned Scrapyard. Before it was even called Scrapyard, it was uh, he had Soho's at, Soho Down and Under. And then he was revamping the whole entire store. Uh, it was actually my friend at the time who was doing the, I guess, design work. So he came up with the name Bomb the System and came to me for the sign and I actually you know built it was a huge aluminum metal canopy and I took a tag with a sharpie that said scrapyard scanned it in my computer pen plotted it full size uh, 
spray glued it to three-quarter inch plywood, cut it all out with a jigsaw, hand-painted it, and he actually still has that lettering because a few years later, his lease was ending, and the landlord didn't want to renew his lease with the word bomb in it, especially right after 9-11. So he came up with the new name, which is Scrapyard, and again, Sharpie tag on a piece of paper, scanned it in, did the same way, and he... Yeah, he still has the uh, the lettering. He has it in storage somewhere. Now, I don't know amongst myself, Bike Girl and Christy, which one of us you could tell is a super fan of yours. Uh. <laughs> Can you tell? Yeah, just a little bit. All right, so the bump your ass sign. Christy, really? Christy is wearing a bump your ass off paid shirt. To, to be fair. Yeah, but what, no, I wouldn't say paid shirt because I didn't yeah. make that shirt. Uh. Did, and, and to be fair, you didn't when, get paid for that shirt. Uh, no, it's not. It's not right when though. I purchased this, I had no idea that he was behind the design. But I'm glad. Well, I know no, that. I'm actually not behind the original okay, design. Okay. What wound up happening was that. All right, so at El Dorado, I think it says El Dorado Auto Scooter. Mm-hmm. On the left and right hands of the sign are two small light boxes that did have "bump your ass off" signs up there with. The donkey. <laughs> and they were made out of acrylic and because it's in Coney Island and this was in the mid eighty uh, mid nineties, uh the signs were broken. They people were throwing bottles or rocks and they were just shattered. So they came to me because I was already doing a lot of work in Coney Island for Dino's Wonder Wheel and a couple of the other rides over there. So they wanted me to do something and they wanted uh Initially, it was Lexan they wanted me to make out because it's bulletproof, but I wound up actually getting, it was really just a test sample of this material called FiberBrite, which it was the first time I used it and the last time I ever used it. Um, it actually, just in order for me to cut the material down, I went through a stack of jigsaw blades just for one cut to cut four foot. But anyway, long story short, I really remade that sign in my style and yeah and i was actually surprised because i've ridden by it so many times and just forgot that i really did it and the fact that it's still (laughs) up there i'm like oh that's the one that i did yeah so well both of them yeah they they copied it well i mean christy doesn't come in wearing our guests (laughs) t-shirts very often oh yeah what's that let me see the back yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's that's actually nice. Yeah, like he it. should. He they should, should have it. done it black with yellow because that's what the sign looks like. Yeah, yeah, that that's actually sweet. that's the opposite. So I checked out your show uh, opening on Thursday, and uh, we had a good chat. So I thought I wanted to bring up what you, uh, what, some of what we talked about. Um, so on your page, um, you show videos of you actually. You know, painting on the canvas, yes. which I think is like mesmerizing, and I see the brushes, and I'm like, "Are these? These have to be really good quality brushes." And I'm sure you take really good care of them. And then, what did you tell me? I yeah, I I should probably <laughs> take much better care of them than I do. They're not cheap brushes by any stretch. They're well, on average, I would say thirty, forty dollars a brush, and they're not large brushes. They're right. actually kind of small. Um, I should clean them better than I do. Mm-hmm. I should store them better than I do. <laughs> I just, I don't. 
don't know. So, you just make it look so smooth, and yeah. like, I'm like, he must use the best quality. They 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 are takes they really are good they care. are good. I've had brushes in, in the '90s that I probably spent a couple of hundred dollars on, wow. and also didn't take care of those <laughs> because they real when you're using these in, um, in, in a commercial aspect, mm-hmm. it's really at the end of the day, especially in back when I had my sign shop and I was painting signs for work mm-hmm. if i'm not painting i'm not making money so i was going all day long non-stop like now i'll when i pour myself paint i'll use like a little dixie cup worth yeah. of paint but, but back then i literally have like a coffee cup filled with paint and wow. every day sometimes i'd fill it up multiple times a day because wow. i was painting I, I was i always had a brush on my hand lunch was a slice of pizza in one hand <laughs> a brush in the other it was just non-stop wow. so now because um, i'm doing this more of the love for doing it and it's turned more into an art career mm-hmm. uh, i probably should take better care of them but but i don't but they they are they're not cheap brushes but mm-hmm. they're not crazy crazy expensive i think it, if it affected your work you'd care for them more right. I think, it, I think no, you're no no doing no, no. Exactly well right. you you would think that because <laughs> my favorite brush at one time I was explaining the other night how one time would paint a much wider stroke and now because every time you clean it they'll lose little hairs but mm-hmm. the harder you have to clean it when paint starts drying up in it the more hair it loses and brushes that would normally paint a one inch thick line now I'm doing really thin lettering. It does the thin lettering really well, but eventually it's going to get to the point where there's not going to be anything left. Now, if you took it, I don't know the answer to this, but will a brush last forever if you take care of it? I don't see why it shouldn't. The brushes, the bulk of the brushes that I have are still from the 90s. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Granted, they sat around for a long time where I didn't use them. But as long well, as that they're would kept, age them, that'd make them worse but, anyway. But if they're kept in oil and they're just that they're stored properly, there's no reason why they, they couldn't last a long time. So it's not calligraphy. No, although I know how to do calligraphy. What's the difference? Brush and pen. Calligraphy. I, I mean, although you can do it with a brush, it's not really done with a brush. It's more done with. Um, chisels and, and yeah. yeah just different types of um, like nibs because yeah. you would have like a, a, a wide kind of flat nib and uh, yeah everything it, it's just it, it's a, it falls into a different type of typography so so the last time I saw you you were in your element at Beyond the Streets mm. how has that been for you? <sighs> Unreal the fact that so I I knew when Beyond the Streets came out last year when it was in L.A. Um, I would see all these videos online. I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could make it out there. And then when I found out they were coming to New York, I found out in probably December that they were coming to New York. They were still looking for a space. They didn't lock down a space. Right, until literally. almost the end because he was yeah, looking at They actually had a few, a few different locations. There was one in Manhattan and Chelsea that yeah. they were going to sign a contract on. There was one, one in Midtown. At, at uh, Lever House, yeah, it was supposed to be there originally, and then they were going down by the World Trade Center, yeah, and they locked down this spot last minute. So when I went there, I was there for the uh, opening, like the artist's reception, and I was just blown away. I've been there probably close to a dozen times already, and I'm positive I haven't seen everything in that place. There's so much to see. Every artist there is incredible. Roger Gassman and Chino did such an incredible job just 
pulling everybody in, all the right people, and just it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. The job so did. another question about that. I saw you actually painting. Yeah. So, so how's that been? All right. So they, they hit me up after the show had opened and said, look, we want to bring you in. Let's come up with an idea of something that you could do to. So um, Roger and I kind of brainstormed a little and came up with the idea to hand paint some paper signs there right on the spot for people while they wait right by the gift shop. And it, they were doing a free entry day because the reception that they were getting was just so overwhelming, they wanted to give back. So on average, I think they told me they would get about 1,000 people coming in a day. So wow. the free entry day, they got 5,000. It was great. It was I was un- there. It was an awesome day. Unbelievable. So much fun. So, and be- was because there. it was so overwhelming that day and the response was so good, they brought me in. That was a Wednesday. They brought me back in on Saturday. And I'm going to be back one more day before the show ends. So, And I'm so looking forward to it. Because every time I go there, I love it. Well, love good, it. good job to those guys choosing the right place, which we all know in New York is difficult. And that leads me to an ad yeah. read. Are you looking to buy or sell or rent a home in Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Queens? If so, you need to contact Mike Schulte. Not only a huge supporter of the arts, especially graffiti and street art, but he's also a born and raised New Yorker with an unparalleled understanding of local real estate. Over a decade in the business, he's been able to forge an acute understanding of the ins and outs of the market. He runs a team of 10 amazing agents that can help rent an apartment in Sunset Park, purchase a building in Astoria, or sell your condo in Manhattan. His team is there for you from start to finish and beyond. Mike Schulte, NYC on Instagram, reach out. And we're back. I'm chewing a Twizzler. Now, which, which let's segue into now the next we're gonna, thing. We're, we're going to, you know, I Candy. like, uh, ladies, I like people that come in with a little bit of a presence. I like someone saying, I'm coming, this is what I want. This guy, though, oh, I Erica, see. Erica always asks our guests and future guests, please be prepared to be treated very nice and ask what you like. Most people say, hey, let me Whatever. Coke or a seltzer or water or... Are we drinking or what? You know, it's, it's always just not this guy. No, and I'm staring at those green M&M's knowing exactly this, what green M&M's this guy, I'm, I'm, First of all, I'm going to let you finish so I can defend myself. This but, guy, but keep going. This guy asked for Diet Shasta, Orange. Ch- chocolate, M&M, uh, chocolate Twizzlers, green M&M's, and something else we couldn't find. What was the fourth thing? Oh, and the bottled water, which okay, we had. Okay, all right, but hold on. That's what ridiculous. Was, what was the first thing that I said? The I don't first, know. The first thing was bottled water. Oh, I was asked, what kind of beverages would you like? I said, just bottled water is fine. And then I thought I may have to have changed the day. Fortunately, I didn't. Uh, and then I came back and said, I want the Twizzlers and the green M&Ms or whatever. And, and I walked in. I come in and what's sitting on the table? Chocolate Twizzlers. Yeah. Green Eminem literally picked out. I don't know how you got that many. That's got to be multiple to bags. Big, I had to buy a big bag. Yeah, that's a lot of bags. So I knew one um, little bag wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And of course, you know, we yeah. all know what green M&Ms are good for, right? They what? were supposed to. You don't know? Well, no, they, they used to say back in the day it would make you horny. Right. Yes. Yes. The yes. Yeah. The of the M&M family. So th- and that's probably why subconsciously when I was trying to think of something so random. <laughs> that, but, but I actually <laughs> really do. I really do like chocolate Twizzlers. Yeah, they're my they're favorite delicious. Twizzlers. They're delicious. Good, good. What's not to like? 
So please don't break my chops like that, future guests, because if you give me something oh, silly. No, the other thing I said, all the furniture must be covered in oh, white yeah. silk. <laughs> With the velvet. velvet. Guys, you aren't yeah. here, but oh, it yeah. is. It's all covered <laughs> in white silk. It's amazing. Yeah, I forgot about amazing. that one. You also asked for a velvet There's painting velvet on the wall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Velvet paint of your choosing. Yes. Yeah. I see velvet I see Jesus with real crystal yeah. tears. Oh, That's why I forgot about that one. Ron, a big Ronnie painting. <laughs> I no. need with someone real needs to make crystal that. tears. Now I'm going to be the obnoxious, like, you know, we're, yes. yeah, people are going to have to have things for me. Well, it's the first. I will be the last. No, it won't be the last. Pain in my. Anyway. All right. So it's 2019. Yes. Going on to 2020. We've been around a little while. We got different styles. We're mixing it up different ways. We're in the galleries. We're still putting stuff on the street. We're annoying podcast hosts. We're doing it all. I see it. What's next? All right. So what I did with this past show at 212, like when you walk in to the left of the gallery. When is that still on until, by the way? I believe until the 14th. Okay. But but stuff will still be online on their website. Okay. So this is going up on the 11th. So everybody that's listening, paid show at 212 is still up. 212 at 523 East 12th Street. Go see it before it closes. Yes. So when you walk into the show, everything on the left-hand side are the kind of traditional bodega-looking signs that I normally did in, in, in a few different sizes. And what, what I did with this show was I tried to – all right, so a couple of months ago when I knew I was going to do this show, I was thumbing through some of my records, my old records from the 90s, and I came across um, D-Light, Groove is in the Heart. Oh, yes. So I pulled Lootsie the record Collins. out. Q-tip. Yes, Q-Tip. Who, and he's not credited on that. But anyway – I, I pulled the record out, and it's so vibrant and colorful and playful. I was like, I'm going to paint this, but doing it my way. And that was actually the inspiration for the whole entire show. But So the left side of the room has my traditional colorful fluorescent stuff, but there are a few pieces that I wound up painting in the color scheme of the label that they were pressed on. So there was a couple of like house music tracks that were on a label that was a red background with white lettering. So that's how I painted the canvases. The right side of the room is really my interpretation of different album covers done in the same coloring, but with my style. So that's kind of what I'm going to be concentrating a little bit more on in the following year. I'm actually going to be sitting down, and the fact that I'm even, to say this is surreal to me, but Eric Hayes has become a huge mentor and just you know, like taking me under his wing, and we're going to sit down in a couple of weeks and just go over kind of a game plan for Why don't you tell people year. who Eric Hayes is? Eric, if you don't know who Eric Hayes is, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Uh, he's literally done everything as far as design from early hip hop uh, logos and album covers and just collaborations with all major brands. I mean, the guy's just, he's done it all. So, like, the fact that he even knows who I am, let alone, you know, I, I, I feel like I can call him a friend now, is just, it's, it's mind boggling to me. 
So, but yeah, we spoke at my, uh, he was at the gallery at the opening and, uh, and I told him, you know, next time we get together, I want to go over some stuff for the next, you know, the coming year. He's like, I already got stuff planned for you. So, uh, yeah, that's. So you're going to be busy with some big boys. Um, yeah, knock on, I don't want to echo your <laughs> mic here, but this is a solid table. So yeah, knocking on wood. So who are your heroes? Who's the greatest writer that's ever lived? I, I, I don't think I could answer this. Not one. An- if I had to say one answer, it would probably be seen because he's seen. Yeah, he's seen. But there wouldn't be one answer because you had guys that bombed that I think had just as big of an impact in the vandalism side as opposed to the so art side. Out of the guys that are out there, who's the one guy you wish you could have gone out with at least once? Um, I would say it's Chino, but I have gone out with Chino. Well, there you go. You've yeah. lived, your, you've lived yeah. your dream. You've met your heroes yeah. in your yeah. life. Yeah. He, Chino is that one, not that one, but he's one of those guys that literally has done it all. He's He also did, managed to do legal work for years. Yeah. No, but before he that... He owned the Lower East Side. Yeah, but what I'm saying is he's one of the very few that managed to like escape it all? There are a lot of people that may know him from his days of bombing streets. Right. Which he killed. But even before that, you'd walk into any train and giant Chino tags everywhere. I mean, he, he really, 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 really killed stuff. And and the fact that he's still doing the stuff that he's doing now on the legal side and just turned it into and, – and couldn't be more helpful. He's another guy with Hayes just has – you know, really gotten behind me and, you know, introducing me to people. And he's he's really, he's explained it perfectly to me. He's the guy that connects A to B. He knows a lot of people that need things. He knows a lot of people that master things. And he puts every the right puzzle pieces together. And I don't think there's anybody that does it as well as he does. So let's talk about food. Okay. Let's t- let's tell all the transplants, all the New Yorkers coming to New York, what to eat. What do you like? I like everything as long as it's prepared well. I could eat at you know a little stand somewhere or eat at Danielle. It you know it, as long as the food is prepared well. What I really am into now is it like a well crafted cocktail. Like I grew up you know drinking. Vodka and cranberry, and that was a drink to me. So now you've upgra- but, upgraded to a Cosmo now. I, yes, a Cosmo. <laughs> no, I, I just, I for a long time I was kind of just, um, I, I didn't drink anything other if I was having alcohol than than vodka because it was safe. But now I really when I, I, I'll try a lot of different cocktails where I wouldn't normally have. Like I'm a, not a big brown alcohol mm-hmm. fan, but if it's made well. Then, oh, yeah, sure. it's a totally different. Uh, uh, and same thing a with, top shelf with, Manhattan with food. Is a good time. Yeah, there, there was a lot of food that I just didn't like growing up. I didn't like it because it wasn't prepared well. Hated Brussels sprouts. I had Brussels sprouts at Tannerine. Oh, yeah. Really. They're unreal. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one yeah, of my, my favorite things ever. Them and they yeah, were I literally hated yeah. Yeah. Brussels Roasted, sprouts. Brilliant. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. So, so for those who don't know, Tannerine is. Um, uh, Lebanese Lebanese, Lebanese yeah. spot in Bay Ridge, really good, really fresh, really yummy. The nice they had a nice takeout business too. Yum. Yeah. So I love that stuff. What's your favorite pizza? 
Defara. Defara mm. and Lucali's right behind it. Defara. Yeah. I lived right there before they blew yeah. up. I was on J and East Twelfth. Oh wow! I walked yeah, by it every right day there. on the way to work. Yeah. Yeah. So and I lived for a while uh, within delivery distance of L and B. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. still good. You know, I don't think they were as good as they used to be back in the day, but they're, they're, they're still good. Now, what about music? What are we listening to? Ooh. I'm old school hip hop. It really depends on my mood. Most of the music I listen to is older. A lot of old hip hop, a lot of old house, disco, freestyle. Um, I have a lot. Of, before I stopped DJing, I recorded probably about a dozen or so mixes that it's just all classic stuff. So a lot of times I'll just play that in the car or my headphones. So you're a hip hop fan. Yeah. Give me a top five. Uh, well, you have Biggie, Nas, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, and Jay-Z are probably wow. in everybody's top five. He's total right. New oh. York there. But, like, but guy, New York. guys that Oh, you're I dismissing actually, those? No, no, no. Those, Alternate top five? No, no. Those are the given. Okay. Yeah. Those are the given. I think probably the best lyricist or the best guy to write stuff down on paper, Eminem. Huge yeah, fan. Yeah, agreed. Uh, there's actually a guy from Brooklyn that doesn't get the recognition that he should, BK. Of course. I know BK. Okay. Yeah. Unbelievable. I really, really like the stuff. Nem's last album, Love. I actually did a canvas for him when he was dropping it. Uh, who else? Cool G Rap. LL Cool J is forever. Who else? Any West Coast people? I'm about to say, I'm like listening Snoop, here. And it's like Snoop, Snoop Dr. Yeah. Dre, cool. loved Nate Dogg stuff. I, I wouldn't really consider him rap, but he was definitely sure. part of hip-hop. Yeah. R&B um, hook is hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> Hip-hop's yeah. a big world. Yeah, yeah. But, not a, but not a rapper. Right. Um, cool. Yeah. And what do you listen to while you're working? Uh, a lot of podcasts. Mm. A lot. Gary V. I got into probably about... About six months ago, and he's actually the, I, a lot of the stuff that he says I've taken into what I'm doing as far as pushing my Instagram of course, of and course. The, just content. content See, I'm a content. I'm a business guy. I'm a marketing. I'm a sales, PR, advertising. He's a little at at, at certain levels. He he basically tells you how to rationalize. Yeah, uh, whoring yourself, and that's cool. Oh, he's book yeah, crushing yeah. it. No, yeah. We, he, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, a, guys, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I, I like him, but it's 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 basic. You know, I think he's great for artists. Yeah. Absolutely, because he well, he take, he takes basic business principles and and tells you why it should make sense to you, even though if it doesn't feel right. Yeah, a lot of the things that he says doesn't I think apply to every single aspect of everything. But of I think not. if you pick and choose, which I've certainly done, um, everything that he's that he says to do that I've actually applied, one hundred percent has worked. Yeah. So. You know, that's and he puts stuff out every day. So every day I'm listening to something that he Good. puts out. That's cool. Yeah, Christy, what po- what podcast are you listening to besides In the Spray Room? Uh, is there any other ones out there? That's the right answer. <laughs> oh, I, I listen to actually a, a very good. I like because I'm an old DJ. It's called the Road Pod Podcast, Reflections of a DJ, which actually it's a mixture of 
there are two DJs from New York and two from Los Angeles that all now DJ in Vegas. They're like club DJs, and they have a lot of, um, I guess, a lot of you know club DJs and touring DJs, and just it's it's they really they go through all the like. Um, I guess that how the nights go for a DJ and the ins and outs and everything. It's, it, it, as a DJ, it's kind of uh, Did you ever listen to or do you know about Late Night Tales? No. It's a, they're a label. They're not necessarily an artist. But what they do is they take a band that you know and they interview them. And then they put together a collection of what that band or DJ or artist listens to while they're creating. And they do something even cooler. There will be 15 or 20 songs. It's a big collection. And then they'll do a continuous mix of the whole album. But it's all 60s and 70s and 80s amazing early stuff for a DJ like you that's pulling this out of here and this out of there. I think you should check it out. Yeah, I think I will. That sounds interesting. Fun stuff. I like the one that they did with Norman Cook. Okay. Pepo Slim. Cool shit. I like mixes. Christy, what are we listening to? What am I listening to? Yeah, what are you listening to? (laughs) Music-wise? Yeah. Uh, I like punk rock. Not so much hip hop. A little bit of hip hop, but Audrey, you had a punk phase. Come on. Yeah, I had more of a. I was more of a Led Zeppelin. I was much more Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Beatles. I just saw. Oh no. No, uh, Zephyr was actually just posting some stuff where he was doing Led Zeph pieces. Mm. All right. It, it just made it pop into my head. That's why I say it. Ladies, do we have any other questions for Paid before we... Uh... Uh, we're still on the music tip. Go get them. Uh, sure. Ask away. M- meeting uh, DMC and making the canvas for him and actually mm-hmm. being able to personally hand it to him. Was that a oh, highlight? Oh, yeah. A highlight of, ab- first of all, absolutely <laughs> a highlight. But I, I've, I've been very, very, very fortunate that... A lot of the people I've gotten to paint canvases for and see their reactions, it's unbelievable. Like I met LL Cool J. Yeah. I actually didn't hand the canvas to him that night. Right. I shipped it to him, but I saw him a, you, twice before he actually posted it. And he posted the same night that DMC got the canvas. Oh, nice. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, for me to try to explain and describe it, it's I can't even put it into words. And I had another at my gallery opening... A track came by. I painted a canvas for him, and he came by to pick it up. And that's another guy that, I mean, maybe not in the um, like the the general scope of notoriety, but as a DJ, he's he's the equivalent of. I'm sorry, fool's gold. Yeah, he's the equivalent of a DMC or an LL Cool J. Mm -hmm. He's like at the apex. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just unbelievable. And I did something recently, although he didn't get it yet. Dave Navarro, I think you guys interviewed him. He actually hit me up very, very, very early on for a canvas. He's so down to earth. Yeah. I mean, he's just like... It it was actually surreal to me. It was actually funny because he hits me up, and he hits me up from his life after Death Street. Okay. And I knew that that was him, but I'm like, is this really him? Or does he have somebody doing it for him? So so I actually wrote back. I'm like, is this Dave? And he's like, yeah, no, this is Dave. So then he DMs me from his Dave Navarro account, and I'm like, all right, that's him. And then we exchange numbers, and 10 minutes later, he calls me up, and I'm sitting in my dining room, and and I put it on speed phone because my girlfriend was over there freaking out going, oh my god, Dave Navarro <laughs> no, is on the huge, phone right now. Supporter. And um, 
Yeah, we're supposed to link up before he heads back to L.A. so I can give him his canvas. But he's, uh, Yeah, he was much more down-to-earth than I would have ever expected. Just yeah. like normal day. Yeah, so Way like, better like, guest than this guy. Oh, easily. <laughs> he, he's, oh trust me, he's probably got a hell of a lot more crazy stories than I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure you have some. Like, day. I never expected for any of this stuff to take off. I, I started a few years ago just selling a few little like 9 by 12 graffiti canvases yeah. that when I post them they'd sell but when I came up with this idea to kind of turn my sign painting history and put it on canvas and just it exploded and I literally started specifically this in it was the middle of December early December that I came up with the idea didn't post anything until probably just before New Year's. So it's eight months. And, you know, I just... Well, I, it's, it's, simp- it's elegance. elegance. Something elegant has to be simple and it has to be effective. And the, the style, the signs, the way they pop, and the do- you don't even need the dollar signs in there. The dollar signs well, just it, tie it all it, together. Well, that's what it does. It ties it, ties it, it all together. Yeah. No question. Yeah, because it still shows that it's that old bodega style sign. I've had um, a few people. I was actually surprised when I did uh, moniker. Um, initially, I was going to do hip hop stuff. When I when I found out my wall space, how large I was going to be able to go, I came up with about six or eight hip-hop canvases that I thought would be general enough to appeal to a market like that. But then I figured, all right, let me not pigeonhole myself into hip-hop. Let me go a little bit broader. So I did uh, old-school New York-themed movies. Mm -hmm. And that's where you saw the Saturday Night Fever. I did a Mean Streets, Raging Bull, a couple of others, Taxi Driver. But I found myself having to explain to people there what they were and why I picked what I put on it. They just didn't get – because a lot of people these days aren't from New York mm. or aren't from maybe major cities that had those kind of signs and didn't see what they were growing up. So They're just all getting too young. Yeah. What about this? Stonewall. Yeah, that's a <laughs> yes. good one. Yes. Okay. Oh, yep. all right. So um, – I was hit up by the Lisa Project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they actually hit me up earlier on about one of my canvases that were in Moniker. But then it just, I think they wound up changing them on. They want to, they're coming up with something to commission from me. But they hit me up asking if I would like to paint a wall. Absolutely. I think the exposure would be great. So I, act, I found out where the wall was a day before and I found and I decided what it was I was going to paint mm-hmm. like the night before <laughs> that was literally just yeah I, I they contacted me a week before but to work everything out I literally didn't know until the night before now I haven't done a mural with spray paint mm-hmm. I'm going to say 1987 it was on the side uh-huh. of a subway car Ooh, 87. seriously it was the last time seriously? I used spray okay. paint in a mural application and a so, gate no less is it a gate or a wall no no it's a wall it's but a wall. it's, it's okay. a brick wall yeah. but it's a brick wall where the mortar is kind of really recessed right so it's, it's got not, texture it's yeah definitely so i it was either gonna go horribly wrong uh-huh. 
or I would, it was you know, go. it turned yeah. out well. So mm-hmm. thank you. I, 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 I know that I wasn't going to leave until it was at least acceptable for me. And to me, that's acceptable. I don't love it, but I definitely don't hate it. I think when you walk by it or drive by it, it pops enough to know that it's something that I did and the layout and all that. But I did that all with, I had only stock spray paint caps. I didn't have any fat caps. Luckily, Damon, who was doing the wall next to me, had a couple, and he handed me one, so I was able to fill in the red, which would have taken me forever with a stock cap. <laughs> How uh, long but did that take? Three hours from the time I did yes. the first layout to the time the ladder was packed up and I was gone. Wow. So, I, yeah, I, I kind of worked quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also really, really windy that day. So when I was spraying, the paint was going to the left. Oh, no. Even when I was close to the wall. So, but overall, I'm happy with the, the end result. So, and I've been, I was getting tagged in it like crazy. Yeah. So that's good. A lot of people saw it. Cool piece. And that was yeah. for the for, anniversary. I, I, yeah, the oh, anniversary of Pride. Pride yeah. 50 Pride years. And, right. When they hit me up, they didn't tell me that it was going to be a, like a Pride 50 year thing. So as soon as they did, when I literally found out the night before, I'm like, perfect. That's what I'm doing. So, because I actually had in the back of my mind, I was going to make a Stonewall canvas that said 1969, and I was going to go to the bar and actually give it to them to hang up in there. Um, But I wound up, and well, I got caught up with so many commission things. So it's just there's only so many hours a day, and I work a regular job. So it's yeah, that's a good shot of it. (laughs) All right, brother, before we let you go, please tell everyone online where they can find you. Uh, plug the 212 show again, and uh, let's try and get you some eyeballs on your work. Yes. Okay, my Instagram, where you can pretty much find everything, is paidmsd. Um, my website is paidmsd.com, and my show going on right now is at 212 Arts. They're at 523 East 12th Street in the East Village, New York City. Uh, their Instagram is at 212arts and the same thing on their website. And uh, yeah, everything will be up until the 14th, August 14th and online. If not on their website, definitely on mine, but I believe it will all be up on there for a while. Excellent. Thank you for coming in today. We'll see you in the neighborhood and uh, we got to give you a little package to take home with you. We'll talk about that after we stop. We are sold out. We're paid. (laughs) 